Welcome to You're Still Doing That, where we talk to everyday people about their childhood joys that have endured into adulthood. Sitting next to me today on a very hot and steamy July day in Sanford, North Carolina, is... Hi guys, I am Mayhemmer. Uh, the topic of our show today is also your current occupation, May. Uh, mm-hmm. What is it that you do? Oh gosh, um, I am currently a costumer, um, an actor, and a burlesque performer. All right, let's get into your story. Welcome everyone to You're Still Doing That, where we talk to everyday people about the things they did as kids that they still do today. Uh, With us today is Mayhammer, and we will be talking about her passion for clothes, some cosplay, and some burlesque. Um, May, how did you, is it all right if I say May? Yeah, that's totally fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, Where did you you grow up, and how did you get into sewing? So, um, I am from Louisiana originally. Uh, I'm from New Orleans, but I actually kind of bounced around because my dad was in the military. Um, yay, Marines. Hoorah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so, but once my um, parents got divorced, um, I had to, we had to make some decisions about my education. So I spent half the year on the west side of the state and the other half of the year on the east side of the state, which is New Orleans. So I went to school in Lake Charles and then hung out with family until I moved down there for college and stayed there. <laughs> right. So why would you go to school on one side of the state versus the other? Ooh, Lord, the public education system in New Orleans is trash. <laughs> and my grandmother um, had taught math and science for 40 years, and she was, like, unacceptable. So she right. uh, had me come to where she taught uh, gotcha. in southwest Louisiana. Um, and so I went to school there where it was a great education. Um, and then I ended up at a private school for college in New Orleans. So so how did you get into sewing? Um, I think my aunt got tired of seeing me getting in the crap uh, <laughs> around the house. So, uh, my aunt, who's actually autistic, um, she is more like a savant. So, like, she mentally, she's about 15, even right. to this day. And I think that's why she was able to teach me to sew at such a young age right. because she was emotionally and mentally, you know, still a young child. And so, somewhere around five, she started teaching me. Uh, sewing like hand sewing little things and then once I had you know better motor control I got to move up to the sewing machine when I was about eight Um, so she just wanted something to do with somebody else they didn't know how to do it and I became her little minion and sewing (laughs) sewing partner in crime and I just kind of kept up with it so what kind of stuff did you put together while you were in school oh gosh Um, I would make like little dolls they look kind of raggedy I made because I got older, I started making stuff for like prom or yeah. like winter formal or something like that. Did you make your own clothes and things? Um, not always. I only made like special things. Gotcha. Um, because uh, when my parents did divorce, we grew up on a uh, my grandparents' cattle farm. So I mean, people think farmers are rich, and uh, no, because all the money <laughs> you make goes right back. Right. Um. So I never could have like fun clothes. Um. And my poor sister got all my hand me downs. And, uh, so I started making like my formal, like when I had to go to like ballet stuff events or, or band or orchestra, you know, I would try and pull something together that I could make with fabric instead of trying to buy. Right. So it sounds like you were into other stuff in school besides sewing. What other kind of things did you do? Um, uh, I did martial arts because my dad was shocker, a Marine that wanted boys and got girls. That's right. And so, uh, I started martial arts when I was very young as well. 
and uh, I was in ballet. I ran track. I was in music. Um, all of this, I did most of it. I did all the way up until college. The only thing that kind of stuck was music. Yeah, and obviously the sewing. Um, ballet went to the wayside because you know injuries. Right. Um. So uh, that I think that's it. Other than oh. Barrel racing, I did that. I, was, I did, I did Western style ride, and I was like, "What else did well, I do?" Sounds kid? like you did just about anything you could get into. I had to earn some money with that barrel racing though, because yeah. I had yeah. to afford my fabric somehow. Right? Yeah. So is that what the barrel racing was for? To well, I, I just really, I mean, growing up a farm, we had all kind of animals, and I loved them, and I had this amazing horse, and um, my grandfather and my most, well, mainly my grandmother's the one that taught me how to ride, but. Uh, when I found out I could get like that adrenaline rush and like do barrel racing, I was like, cool. And then when I won one, they handed me money. I said, there's money in this? <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. So that's how I kept up with fabric and buying my Nintendo and that's right. Sega. And <laughs> uh, barrel racing. I would never mm-hmm. guess. I love it. Um, so what did you do any kind of cosplay stuff where you were in high school? I I did do some in school. It was kind of one of the situations where my mom was like, what the frick is all this? Like, what are you talking about? You know, and like says the woman who lived in Japan when they were stationed over there. But she was just like, she was into the culture, but she wasn't into like the weird nerdy stuff. My mom is totally not a nerd. Like as I got older and reconnected with my father. Yeah, I think the he's the nerd. The nerd (laughs) stuff. I think that's really is a generational start. Mm -hmm. I think there's really a time where. You just didn't really have a lot of people that they were, were proud to call themselves kind of nerds. That and my mother had a, a horrible uh, idea of what nerds were because, like, she remember when D and D came out and like when the crazy, like when all the crazy stuff on college uh, campuses were happening with D and D. You're worshiping Satan. Yeah, you can't play that. yeah, and then like you know some of them were <laughs> you know LARPing back in the day and yep. were really weird about it and you know. And she was just like, no, these people are crazy, you know, so, but she eventually like got tired of me nagging her, um, to go to a convention when I was like in middle school and I made my first cosplay, (laughs) which was, (laughs) it was called Bat Cat is what I named it. And and ironically, as I got older, apparently there is something now called Bat Cat, but I, I decided to, uh. Like closet cosplay slash so like this all black out jumpsuit thing with bat wings on it, but yeah. then I had cat ears that I made and this terrible little mask. And I think there's like a physical <laughs> photo somewhere. I'm so glad that's going to fly media. around and knock your cups off, right? Your dresser. <laughs> and like in the name of justice, you know? Like yeah. I was just like, and I don't, I don't even know. Like I'm so glad social media didn't exist, but I'm pretty sure there's a physical photos somewhere of this atrocity and so like i just kept doing it and my mom would just my mom would just be like eh i'm just here so she'll like sit and read a book or something like as long as she's like as long as it's keeping an eye out of trouble i said sure mom yeah all right yeah i definitely think that would sell Mm -hmm. Uh, a line of uh superheroes like uh i don't know i guess if when you there was something i watched before where they mixed animals oh avatar avatar yeah they used to mix uh, mm-hmm. all kinds of animals together I just oh, thought yeah. that was great i never thought about that before then it was fun. bad cat i love bad cat <laughs> you should um you should mention that to the avatar people They're right they... to doing another one. Oh yeah it's funny they um my friends are like you should make 
the 2023 or like make the 21st century version of your yes. bat cat, you know, while you're like, you they, I was like, mm, I don't know. About you got that. all your skills now. I, and I was like, mm, I don't know about that. I'm not going to re- relive that atrocity. Uh, <laughs> uh, so what college did you go to in Louisiana? Um, I started at uh, Loyola University. Um, what was your major? Uh, finance and Japanese studies. I was a double major. Finance and Japanese studies. Yes. Now, did you end up graduating with finance and Japanese studies? So I, funny story. Um, I was a uh, freshman during this lovely time in our history called Hurricane Katrina. Mm-hmm. And um, I kind of got screwed. Right. Um, so uh, a lot of schools to save money started cutting back on programs and they cut back a lot of languages at our school. Yes. And so, um, it was really frustrating because I had like a full scholarship there. I was like pissed, but, um, we did, you know, they decided to cut it back and then they said they couldn't guarantee if you were already in it, if you would even finish that degree. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm not going to spend, I'm not going to come here, you know, cause I still had to pay some stuff out of pocket, like my room and board, yeah. like whatever. And, um, I was like, well, I'm not going to spend all this money here. For a degree I can't even get when I can go to a state school Mm -hmm. and still get a finance degree and call it a day. So I, uh, after about two years, I gave up trying to like fight for it because a lot of us were fighting for it. And I actually graduated from University of Louisiana in Lafayette, which is only like two hours from there. Right. Um, Way cheaper school. (laughs) You know, the scholarship I did get there um, paid for other stuff like yeah. on school grounds and stuff like that so um i ended up paying obviously way less money uh yes, there but that's the where state, i did yeah. finish i did finish with that degree i wanted to do fashion but my mom wouldn't pay for it uh, so. right yeah so uh, if you guys don't know uh may got to school and literally like three days later oh yeah katrina hit <laughs> M- moved in on like a thursday we were like, whatever, you know, not right. even thinking. I mean, I grew up on the Gulf Coast, so it is what it is. And so when they were like, it's a cat one, I said, ooh, hurricane party. Let's right? Get yeah. You know, don't worry about how old I was. And then it <laughs> <laughs> didn't card back in the day. And then um, next day they were like, it's a cat too. We were like, woo, hurricane right? party. No difference. Like, you know, and then like that Saturday in the morning, they were like, it's a cat three. We went, ooh, hurricane party on the West Bank. Like, yeah. you know, we're, we're going to move a little bit. We're, we're going to move to like literally just across the river. Yeah. No big deal. And um, so then night, t- day goes by. <coughs> excuse me. Day goes by. And uh, next thing I know, they're beating on our apartment doors on campus. It had to be almost midnight at that point. And they were like, we got to go. Yeah. It's a category five. And I was like, what are you talking about? That doesn't happen. Right. And they were like, just so you know how serious it is, pretty sure that either Andrew or Camille were only a four when they wiped out stuff. So you're about to imagine what might happen with a five. I said, ooh, you know what? Right. So after a long, dramatic way of getting out the city, um, I got out. And then a lot of us were like, well, it should only be wind damage, maybe a little storm surge. You know, so we just only expected to be gone for like three or four days, like a week yeah. at most. So we only packed like five days of clothes. Right. And next thing you know, we got to where we had to be on Monday at like midnight, fell asleep, woke up at like 10 a.m. Everything was copacetic. 
I go back to sleep. I wake up. The entire city's underwater. Yeah. And I was like, what happened in four hours? You know, yes. Like, What's going? You know, and it turned out the levees broke. So, you know, yeah. everything that we were coming to wasn't happening. So, uh, yeah. So, I actually didn't even have to get to have my first semester at Loyola. I had yeah. to go to a different school because um, I didn't want us missing out. And then I didn't get to go back to like that in January. Right. I bet it was a waste. Now, your school wasn't direct. Well, I mean, they didn't have a lot of flood damage, right? They weren't underwater. No, we, um, uh, pro tip, there are certain parts of the city that are actually the highest points, which is why back in the day, it was all the natives that lived there because yeah. they knew that they knew. if we go. So, uh, so the city, uh, that part actually didn't really flood, uh, and then the French Quarter didn't flood at all, but everything else around us was just like, I mean, Xavier University was like underwater, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So you only saw like one of the buildings poking out. And, um, but the funny thing is, okay, it's not funny. It's not funny. Our rivals next door had purchased land from our school at some points and decided to build a library on it with an underground impression. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler. They had to use our library for a year yeah. because theirs had water. So the water had ran down into the basement and just right gone everywhere. Um, and I think uh, I think the only crazy damage we had was our college had like one of the world's largest suspended pools. Um, because our pool was on the top of a garage deck yeah. is where the gym was. So you had all this parking and then up top was a big old gym, but it was like one of the biggest suspended pools in the yeah. country at least. And, um, something broke through the skylight and fell into the pool and cracked it. Oh no. There are cars still oh, <laughs> in no. this park. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so... That was, I think, about it. And luckily, they were able to fix it before anything even, like... Yeah. Or got well, too bad. Yeah, it got too bad, you know. But I think that's the worst that we had. You know, like, wind damage, some trees got blown. Yeah, whatever. But nothing like the rest of the city. Mm. Well, that's good. All right, May. So, all of your work as your youth in sewing and things like that, Let's see how that affected you in your adult life. Oh, Lord. So now you're out of school, you've graduated, and you're with your finance degree, mm. and you're an adult. So what do, you, what do you do for work when you first get out of college? Oh, God. I was working for a big-name bank, <laughs> um, one, of, like, one of the big four in the country, um, as a wealth advisor. Um, I still did help out in the little section downstairs where like as a teller because you know I started out as a teller when I was in college and then when I got my degree and everything I got bumped up but I still like doing the front of the line like yeah yeah and so I worked in the in a branch in the um in the French Quarter and uh it paid the bills but you know I was kind of like whatever but I was still sewing I was still like making little things still going to conventions yeah you know so I was going to say, um, during this time, you had mentioned that you had started getting into burlesque dancing. Yeah. So that happened like two years after that. Yeah. So I graduated later because of Katrina, because all my stuff got backed up. Um, so I graduated actually in 2010 instead of 20, 2019, 2009. I'm sorry. So, um, I kind of graduated this weird flux of stuff and, uh, I had met my husband by this point. We were engaged already by this point. Um, 
moved in, got my job, was bored, wanted something to do other than play World of Darkness LARP and Dystopia Rising. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, I need something else with less, you know, whatever. And uh, I went, I, I, like I said, I used to do ballet and then I blew my knee out because of track, which is why I stopped dancing um, at that point because I couldn't do point. I was, I was on point and I couldn't support the weight uh, of my, on my leg to do like pirouettes and everything and, um, relevés and it's, I just didn't have it anymore. So, um, a friend of mine had said, Hey, there's a school of burlesque, you know? And I was just like, what? You know? Yeah. And I was like, I knew what burlesque was. I was like, there's a school. And she was like, yeah, let's go take classes. So I started taking classes. Yeah. And then, uh, after you took classes, you had the option to do a student showcase I did the student showcase, got my first booking, never stopped. Right. So, because I could still use my costuming. Like, I had to build acts. And so, I was doing, like, nerdy burlesque. Like, my first (laughs) act was a Hello Kitty one, you know? And I built this giant Hello Kitty head and this dress and, you know. And so, I was still able to use my costuming and and dance again with something that was a little less... And like stressful on the body, right? Which is a joke. Not now. quite the same as ballet, but yeah, no. Like now, I can't. That's a whole other story. But yeah, so um, I uh, I just started dancing, and then I was like, well, this is fun, you know. And then I was like, oh crud, I get paid for it. So I, I just kind of kept going and uh, just kept getting booked. Yeah, so I just, I just picked up. So I think a lot of people, I'm not sure what people think when they hear the term burlesque. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people just, depends on what kind of movies they've watched. Exactly. Like, <laughs> so describe burlesque for us. So burlesque is the arts of the strip tease. Um, the club dancers, you know, um, it's like, a, you know, deviated. You know, yep. there was a beginning. Burlesque is as old as the the Greco-Rumlin times in the theater. It's it's a farce. It's 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 a statement. So burlesque is actually very, very old. It just may have been called something else. Um, so, you know, the burlesque that we know of as what we consider classic back in the 40s, 50s, like Gypsy Rose Lee, yeah. Blaze Star. Okay. <laughs> that woman in Louisiana have a history. <laughs> um, you know, they were the old heads that led the way of burlesque being about consent and owning your body and being proud of your body and being proud of your gender and be, you know, proud of just the freedom, like reclaiming your freedom of yourself, you know, and which I think it resonates today. And now, especially with everything going on with people trying to tell what female body people with female parts can do and what they can't do. And, you know, you know, there's no longer that, it's it's come full circle, you know, with the oppression on the uterus. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um I uh I, I I think the best way is just, you know, putting that in there and being like, Yeah, it's the art of the tease. It's there's a story, there's a reason, there's a there's a plot line behind these acts. Right. You know? And um Sometimes they are to make a political statement because guess what? Sometimes, you know, speak up the way, whatever art you have. So it's yeah. still a, you know, it's still a thing. All right. So you mentioned that you still like to do your costuming with burlesque and stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you take orders for people? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I do not do commissions. I used to do commissions um, back in the day. Uh, 
when I was in college and, and probably prior to take that. some time that and um, it's the nickel and diming for me. Yeah. It's the trying to <sighs> trying oh. to copy other people's work via somebody else. Right. You know, uh, the, the inconsistent, I mean, not, and I'm not saying that not every customer is like that, but every now and then you do get somebody that wants a $3,000 gown for $200. Yeah, you're right. Can you make this $1,000 costume? I can't afford, but can you make it for $200? But can you make it for $200? Yeah. And so I was just like, oh my God. Yeah. So it, it got, it took away my love of sewing, um, because it just, it just sucked the joy out of it. Um. I, I make stuff for friends, you know, that I'm not on a time crunch for. I just make gifts. And then when, whenever it's done, it's done, you know. Right. Uh, my girlfriend and I, we, we trade skills all the time. And, like, I'll do, like, little tidbits for them or something. But, like, commission commissions for strangers? Right. Mm, mm. No. Yeah. Not anymore. And I don't have the time, especially with, you know, the way my career has evolved. Um. And you've got two kids too to and take I care of. And I have two little bean yep. bond boys. Yes. Um, one's staring in here now, <laughs> looking like he look, and the other one looks like he's paying bills. Like you don't, sir, you don't even pay a bill in his house. Why he looks so comfortable? <laughs> um, yeah. So you know, I I just don't have the time when I have to make my own garb for like character work that I do. Right. So I'm like, nope, sorry. Well, if you ever feel like making Hawaiian shirts. Let me know. <laughs> See, now, you know what? I might... If you ever got a cosplay, a Hawaiian shirt, if you ever going to do uh, uh, Sam Ash from Burn Notice? La, 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 la. Let me let just me make know. all that. You know what? I mean, <laughs> shirts, I do not mind as long as you don't care when you get it. Um, because I'm very anal retentive when it comes to pattern shirts. And I yeah. want that stuff to, like, match up. Right. <laughs> like, I want to cut it to where it's... When you put the buttons together. Like, like even on yep. the facing down the center. Yep. I just, I want the whole thing to just... And then... And that takes some time to make sure you fussy cut it. Right. That's right. And, you, you know... I should have worn... I've got a, a Grogu Hawaiian shirt. But mm. he's on the front. And uh-huh. he's he's surfing. He's got a surfboard. Oh. And he's got abs. And, you know... Oh, my God. And he's, he's doing the surf pose. But it's across the front. So, when you button it up, I mean, the pattern goes straight across. Right, straight across. See, and that's why, like, I my I had to force my dear husband to get rid of some of his Hawaiian shirts that needed Jesus, <laughs> and um, but I would surprise him with new ones, and I'm yeah. slowly like, I mean, he's a nerd too, but I'm like, I was like, you need to get some nerd swag, and he's like, yeah. what are you supposed to I can't believe, you know, I was like, trust me, and so I, I the first thing I got him was a Hawaiian shirt, but it had Shenmong. From Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. And it looks like flowers and leaves. It was the Dragon Balls with Shin. It's a, yeah. like, it's like, so like he has a, he has a, um, a Mario one now too that I yeah. like. I was like, look, these are the Hawaiian shirts. Yes. This is what I'm talking about. Like not, secretly Not hidden. pineapples and flowers. No. But... I was like, here, man. I was yeah. like, here's some, here's some, and here's some cool Hawaiian. I mean, he got newer ones, like nice Hawaiian shirts that I, you know, weren't falling apart because we've had it since college. Yeah. You know. So, like, don't get me wrong, but every now and then I'm just like, I'm going to slide this one in <laughs> and take the one with the hole in it out. It's like. <laughs> now, you've also been talking about cosplay. I think a lot of people already know what cosplay is. Yeah. But just for the few that may not know that term, what is what is cosplay? So, uh, cosplay um, is just short for, like, costume playing. Yeah. Um, you pick your character that speaks to you and you make a costume or buy a costume or commission a costume 
and you just run around like the nerds that we are that's right and embody that freaking character <laughs> to your heart's content yep i know um I always think it's funny when you've got that kid mm-hmm. who wears their Halloween costumes like, but like in April or June, just because they want to keep wearing their exactly. Spider-Man outfit. And you know what? And, and I they res- wear it everywhere. And I respect that. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I could just live in a Zentai suit my whole life and be comfortable, yeah. By all means, don't stop me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, where uh, can where does somebody cosplay if they live here? In in North Carolina, where is some place you can cosplay? Oh God, we have a bunch. We have a nice like amount of conventions in the state, uh, like Comic Cons, as you might think of it. Um, Actually, this coming, ooh, I don't know when this is gonna air. Uh, This weekend though is Galaxy Con. Yep, the Uh, North Carolina's con is a Galaxy Con Raleigh, uh, which I will be, and I'm actually keeping it light. I'm only doing two costumes a day. (laughs) (laughs) Normally, me and my girlfriend marathons printed, and we do three to four a day. Wow. <laughs> um, now, are you attending as a fan or do you have uh, I, like a show you're doing? I am attending to this one as a fan because um, I run two things at a really big convention every year. And I would rather just work that one if I right. have to work it or and just concentrate on being a, a fan. Of yeah, me. I was like, I want to like the, my local cons. I kind of want to. You know, I've done things for certain cons in the state before, performance-wise. I belong to a group that we did all kinds of cosplay panels and stuff like that. Um, You know, and I I love doing that. I do love teaching. I love teaching sewing skills and stuff like that at the cons. But every now and then, I'm just like, GalaxyCon, I want that to be my fan con in the state. I want to just listen to panels. I want to get pictures. I I want to go get... Wait. The kisses are this. (laughs) I go. That's when you go. Screw it. I want to get wasted with other nerds at the rave right? and after hours. <laughs> like, I just want to question my life decisions the next morning with the amount of the hangover that I have. Yeah. Like, I I need that one because I can't do that when I work at a con. No, I have no, to if be you're working it. You can't I have it. to. I have to like be on my p's and q's. I have work yep. to do. I have scheduling, and you know, like, cause I I run the burlesque show and the pinup, the nerdy pinup party at Dragon Con. I don't. I once I get there on a Wednesday. I'm working until 2 a.m. on that Sunday. Yeah. And I get that one full day to myself, and then I drive on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> Every now and then, I'll sneak off to the vendor's hall, which is a whole other building. Yeah. <laughs> so, like... <laughs> but you can't let loose when you're working. Exactly. So, this is, this is you know, I try to go to a lot of cons as a fan just so I can enjoy it. And, you know, because once I started speaking and teaching... I didn't really, I kept getting booked. And part of me was like, I yeah. just want to be a nerd too. Right. You know? I just walk around and enjoy like, myself. And then just go shopping and spend yeah. money I don't have on <laughs> swag and pops and yeah. accessories. You know. <laughs> so you mentioned Dragon Con. What's Dragon Con? Okay. So Dragon Con, if, you've got, if you know anything about conventions, think of San Diego Comic Con, the original OG. And put it in Atlanta. Like, um, it's not as big as San Diego Comic-Con, I don't believe yet. It just, it feels like it from the videos I've seen from Comic-Con. But um, I, uh, it's it's the entire downtown Atlanta. Like, a lot of conventions are like one hotel or one little convention right. space. We are literally like four to five hotels of programming nice. 24-7 for five days. Nice. So if you wake up at two in the morning and you're bored... You can probably go to a room at one of the hotels and they're playing movies, 
or anime or giving right. dirty joke panels or getting yes. toasted at a rate. Like there's literally <laughs> something to do at every waking moment or unwoken moment right. <laughs> at this con at every hotel. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so you mentioned earlier uh, at Dragon Con, you're not just a, a fan, but you perform and you produce things as mm-hmm, well. Mm-hmm. Um, what exactly do you do or have done at Dragon Con? Um, well, I used to work under a lovely person that I love dearly. Uh, their name is Tallulah Love. They are a burlesque performer and producer down in Atlanta. And they first brought me on as their stage manager because I'm a theater kid too. Um, obviously ballet, you know, still got to know all the roles. Right. Um, and, and you can beat up somebody with your martial arts skills. And, you know, with, with my point too, <laughs> that probably costs too much money and is solid, whatever. You know, um, but uh, I used to stage manage it for them. And uh, they were retiring from it and passed it to me. So now I'm running the burlesque show. So I, I produce a nerd-less show. Right. Which is where you take your favorite nerdy fandom, whatever it is, and you make it burlesque and you yeah. tell a story. You know, the ones I have coming this year, I could just scream because after watching the auditions, I cannot wait yeah. to watch Auditions it. to get in, right? Yes, so how you- many people audition versus how many get picked? Um, This year is a bigger show because we have a group number and some, uh, we have a lot of nice numbers coming in, but, um, one year we had like 200 people apply and you got like 12 slots wow so yeah it's like it's niche and like like we always tell people um we don't repeat fandoms we try we try to there's some exceptions um but we try to change it up every year so you have different you know like last year we had a Fantasia act and all the yeah. old heads were just like, I know, right. that, you know, I know what this yes. is, you know, cause they recognize they the recognize music it, yeah. and see the costume of the character. You know, we got movies like my headliner, grandma fun. Uh, she did the landlady from Kung Fu hustle. Cause <laughs> she resonates with that as yeah. an Asian woman, you know? And so she did that. And then she even did, what's the movie called? Everywhere. All, Everywhere, at, one, all at once. once. Yeah. She did like the hot dog fingers. But, oh, like that's the, yeah. So like so weird and yeah, awkward, right? <laughs> like it's we will. I mean, but not everything's always meant to be glamorous. It's yeah. meant to speak. So when she did that act as that character, yeah. there was a story behind that, and that's why it like resonated with a lot of the crowd. You know, whereas I love to give people confusing feelings because yeah. I have a Lando Calrissian number and I have on the 1970s Billy D. Williams mustache and everything. Nice. It makes people feel weird and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> now, I was going to ask uh, for the burlesque dancers, is it women that just burlesque? Oh, it is all genders, all, gender? all genders, all ethnicities, all races, all you know, sexual, I didn't like, it doesn't matter. Right. So, you know, we, for a while we did call, still call things boylesque, which are for the gentlemen. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but of course we have people that are like non-binary, you know, and it doesn't really matter. So like it's burlesque, you know, like, but there's different little genres and stuff you can have, um, within that outside of just, you know, who does it, you know, it's for all bodies. Like it's, so I've got time to practice my Chris Farley dance (gasps) and then, we have a, I know right. there's a woman that does that. I was about to say, if it's, you could do like the Chippendales, have people recreate the, the SNL did. Chippendales. Yep. She did as Chris Farley, <laughs> and it was the best thing ever. 
you know, um, uh, I had an amazing, or I've seen an amazing Ursula. The yeah. sea, I mean, like, I it's crazy. Like, I even have like a, I have a Lady Deadpool number where yeah. I never take my mask off. Like, it's everything but the mask. Right. Everything stays on, and so it's comical because. You know, people, we, we always try to look like, classic, but we try to look glamorous in like 1940s, 50s stars and stuff right. like that. You kind but of think stu- it that way. But sometimes stuff can be like really weird and grimy and like, yeah, what like is the happening? hot dog fingers from everything <laughs> all at once. And <laughs> everything, her hands were hot dog yes. fingers. Mm. How do you um, make that costume? She, look, I'll find the picture and send it to you. I'm pretty sure there's like a video that she's like done where she's like, yeah, I'm wearing my hot dog fingers. So when they're bur- nerdy burlesque, mm-hmm. is it still, I mean, I kind of think of burlesque as being like sexy. Oh, yeah. It's is still, it still? Yeah, it can, it can still be sexy. Um, you Or you can just have comedy. Like not all burlesque is about like being, oh, sultry. Like you can right? be comedic with it. You gotcha. Know? So, um, but yeah, it's the same thing. Just make it nerdy. You know what I'm saying? Like same concept. You might get some really (laughs) weird feelings about some characters that you, you, you know, and love. And you're like, what's happening? What is John Candy from Uncle Buck? Yes, (laughs) please. Oh my God. You better Mm. coin it. You better coin it. That's right. You better not let anybody get to it. Uh, The only place to, to perform it. (laughs) <laughs> nah, you be so. There's other nerdy things though. Like there's nerd less shows all over the country. Yeah. Um. So, do you produce anything else? Um. Outside of like, uh, like con stuff. Yeah. Um. I was trying to for a while. I have done a couple of shows that I produced in Charlotte. Um. I'm in another place. I I pro- I produced a lot more back home in New Orleans. And then when I moved up here, I didn't want to be responsible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just wanted to show up to work. Yeah, and not stress out. Um, but um, I'm actually stepping probably away. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But um, I had already made the announcement that I'm done with burlesque. Yeah, dancer side. I will probably still produce an MC and do all the hosting stuff. Um, but dance wise, I'm done as of December 31st yeah. because your girl's getting old and my body yeah. hurts. Like things are breaking. I get that mm-hmm. for sure. Um, now, do you cosplay for other types of things outside of, I guess, what people would say nerdish? Oh, like cons? Uh, yeah, like outside, outside of cons? cons. I mean, other venues. Do you yeah, I, um, I used to be a Princess Tiana princess. I did that for a while. Um, for like kids' birthdays and stuff. Yeah. Um, I um I work for I'm on cast for the Viking experience, which is like a rent fair with yeah. naked Vikings. And um I play the Queen's cousin who um has a whole storyline behind it. Um So but, where is that done So at? that's done outside of uh outside of Raleigh, I think near Oh my gosh, what's the name of that little town? Not Creedmoor. Maybe Creedmoor? Creedmoor. But we just, we we have it in the, um, I'm terrible at these little towns. Look, I'm going to look it up now. But uh, we'll be doing, it's, we have a festival. So it's just like a rent fair. Yeah. We have a festival once a year. But we're separating to where we have the festival. And then we have the dinner theater. Because we would do it all in the same weekend. Right. But it was a lot for us. Like, yeah. we're being our Viking immersive characters all day. And then we have to go do this play. And then like, we're just like worn out for the next day. So what does your, your outfit look like for a Viking experience? Oh, 
show, my character is Cousin Erd, and she was adopted by the Queen's auntie. And so since she's uh, technically Maghrebi, which is Northern Africa, people be quiet, that's me. Um, Northern Africa, so she has a lot of Nordic inspired, so she still wears the um, the apron dress, the, the underdress. Gotcha. But she still blends a lot of her African heritage, so I'll pull on more of like the more Moroccan style gotcha. of vest or belt, and she doesn't use a regular um sword like the normal nordic she uses a scimitar you know yeah 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 so there's different little nuances but it's still you know i still have the the two cultures that mix um i also just got hired at the carolina renaissance festival to be on the royal courts for her majesty queen isabella i'm super excited about that i'm already making new friends (laughs) (laughs) um so but i get to make my own garb for that and I'm not going to give away my character yet for that, but it's going to be pretty hysterical. <laughs> um, which, actually, that's the dress behind you. I saw the dress. Yeah, in. that's part yeah. of it. Yeah, that's. Uh, I have to start cutting out stuff later tonight of making the bodice. Um, but, yeah, so I'm trying to do, like, more, like, oh, I'm the fairy queen at Festival of Legends, which is an apex. Uh, just, I forgot, uh, Carolina Ren Fair is in um, Charlotte. Gotcha. And then oh, that's what I was looking. Now, how long does it take you to make like your outfit that you're putting together behind me for the Renaissance Fair in Charlotte? Oh, it depends on when I start. Yeah. I, I since I just auditioned and I just um, started working because we have to go through approvals to make sure that everything looks historically accurate as possible and that you look your very, 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 very best. Um, so, uh, this, I started about a week ago. I already had the skirt because they let me recycle it from another Tudor, uh, from another Elizabethan style gown and the sleeves. So yeah. I didn't have to make it that all over again. I can use the same thing. And, um, but I, uh, it's probably going to take me two. I have two months to make it. Yeah. Uh, I would have started this probably eight months ago. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I'm very, I would love to embellish more. Like I want to do all the embellishments, like yeah. with hand beating and stuff. But the problem is I don't think I'm going to have time. Right. So, um, because it's a lot of handwork. So this, this one's definitely going to take me at least two months because I have to make not just that, but the hat and, you know, I have to get all my accoutrements together and stuff like that. So, mm yeah so all this extra uh cosplay and burlesque stuff that you do and creating outfits do you have a a regular nine to five job or is this your full-time so this is my full-time thing um i was helping my friend at her quilt shop and she's actually going she had a brick and mortar that i used to work at part-time for her to help her out um but that was really it i just i do art i finally i after i had my second son um, I left the banking industry. It just wasn't, it, it just, did, it wasn't fiscal. And like, it wasn't responsible if we tried to like pay for daycare and me yep. go to work. It, it mm-hmm. just, I, I did better staying home and just, yeah. you know, and cause the daycares there were terrible anyway, because all they did was sit your kid in front of a yeah, yeah, TV. Yeah. But, um, I had a brain fart. 
It's all right. I don't I was, smell it. I was like, I was like, I just, I just, I just had a brain fart. Um, because I was about to go on a rant. I'm like, no, don't go on a rant. Don't <laughs> no, go on that's a not rant. our don't topic rant. tonight. I know. No, but I, I, this is my full time job. You know, like, I mean, obviously, being a mother is a full time yes. job. Um, but like going into an office, not really. Yeah. This is it. I this where you're sitting right now is literally where I'm at every day. Yeah. Working, sewing, like all these are things that I. Well, that one's done uh, for Galaxy, but it's like stuff that's in process yeah. and I'm trying to work on and then I got to repair something and then anything that's getting drafted is way over there. But nope, this is it. This is my job. All right. Now I'm sitting around and there's a few machines sitting around here. Mm-hmm. I love the toolboxes that oh, yeah. are filled, but are, I am sure filled with all kinds of sewing stuff. Uh, so much. Now, and, and what is what is this? Um, we're sitting at a, a recording at, um, I would say, her sewing machine, but it's really, uh, the table's really big, I'm assuming <laughs> for for big gowns, and you need mm-hmm. space to lay and stuff. And when I do my, like, when I do my and, quilting, too, yeah. Yeah, so what kind of machine is this in front of us? Oh, we. So this is a Creative Icon 2 made by Faf, or Faf, like some people like to say. Yeah. I'm real from Salas Faf. Um, it is both a sewing and an embroidery machine. Yeah. Yeah, it looks pretty neat. I'm used to seeing my old um, I can't I can't see the bottom, but mm. my like my grandma and my mom uh, had the sewing machine, but they had oh the, the pedal. trundle the treadle. Yeah, but they had a pedal or something with their foot that they would push. Yeah, it was like a metal. Yeah, it was a treadle. Yeah, so that's an old singer and yep, like that's what they those had, are those old singers. lovely. Um, that's how they should have been made still. Um, but this is a German brand. Um, that was, it's the top of their line. Yeah. It's my baby. <laughs> um, this thing is so strong. It can sew through balsa wood. Wow. <laughs> um. Come and fix my picture frame uh, over here. <laughs> but, um, for like doing like, but it's sewing and embroidery and it's, probably the most expensive thing i own yeah <laughs> it hurt <laughs> and my husband's like happy 10 year anniversary you're not getting right. anything for another 10 years <laughs> well, if that's what your job is if you're putting all your energy mm-hmm. into it then that's you need why the equipment to turn out the outfits especially you want. in the handle of this thick fabric because a lot of the fabric we use for historical wear is upholstery grade because that's the closest that we have to, for gowns to hold that structure because yeah. this, the fabric back then were so heavy because they were hand woven and all that stuff. Upholstery weight is the weight that we use. So I need something that can like handle the thickness. Yeah. And this one is a tank. Her name is Big Bertha. Because I had the Bertha. name her on I had a name her on my machine. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So I think you mentioned well, we know your future plans for burlesque. Mm-hmm. You're gonna go behind the scenes and the in the direction and yes. producing. So what about for cosplay? What do you see in the future for cosplay? So I'm getting back together. I'm building back up. Um, I plan on probably trying to get, you know, more teaching gigs at the cons and stuff like that. Um, I'm kind of happy with Dragon Cons because it's a very, I can do a lot of niche things. Like I, I'm on a panel this year about corsetry and another panel about blending aesthetics and cultures and stuff like that. So I really love that. Um, but I'm just hoping I can start really, really do um, with my cosplay stuff is do more character work, you know, yeah. which is why, you know, I'm part of the Viking experience. I auditioned and got accepted to the Carolina Ren Fair. I'm the queen at Festival of Legends. Like, you know, I have 
Like, I just want to keep doing that. Yeah. And put that representation of someone like me out there. Yes. For little girls to be like, oh, gosh, she looks like me, you know. And kind of, like, that's more soul-fulfilling, honestly. Like, I would love to teach at con and teach people stuff, but I would also really love to, like, do more character work again because I can make all these awesome costumes and be these awesome characters. Now, do you make any money doing cosplay or is it you just make some money when you do, like, the... Uh the the management side the producing side um actually i do get paid for when i do like panels or if i judge cosplay contests yeah. at cons and or you know if i'm producing i do get paid or if i do um you know any backstage text i still love like the old i still love being behind the scenes even when i first got out there like i love stage managing and running tech and stuff like yeah. that and um but I want to do that because, you know, as a black woman growing up, I didn't have that representation. Right. And, and, you know, so if I can still make really cool stuff, but put that representation out there as well, then shoot. Like, that's what I really want to do. Like, cons are cool, but have you seen the joy of a child? Yeah. <laughs> you know. And they get to see you in your outfit. Yeah. All right. So for the person who wants to get into cosplay, but they're not sure what to do mm -hmm. or how to approach it, what are your suggestions? So um, it's just, it's very much how I uh, teach in my cosplay one on one class. Like you don't have to. There's, there's kind of like a an elitist um, thought process where if you don't make it yourself, are you really cosplaying? Yeah. Um, check out what you do. I'm like, I'm telling you, go shopping. Amazon, maybe the devil. But you can get some real inexpensive cosplays to just get comfortable with. Like, right. You know, I'm like, I love it. We're playing dress up. You know, like yeah. you get to be a different person. And so, like, you don't always have to sew anything. And, you know, just like find a local con, you know. And I've made some of my best friends at conventions, yeah. <laughs> you know. And even to this day, I have really dear friends that I've recently met in like the past two or three years. And uh, we met at a con, yeah. you know cosplaying characters that were somewhere you know and then like see what other friends you know may be secretly into it and you can go as a group you know yeah. of characters from the same show so like don't be ashamed like if you have the funds and the means and you want to commission someone or you you know or you have the ability to sew and you want to make it do it but if not and you just want to buy something because you just want to be there and right. just you know enjoy it just be a part of it yeah you don't have to spend all that money like go get yourself something cute and just roll out you know yeah. like and, and meet new people and it will come with time like people want to do all the super fancy stuff it just takes practice like if you want to do it or just save like i used to save all the time for all kinds of crap yeah just so i could do a cosplay that i wanted to do <laughs> and i planned it for like you know later than sooner yeah all right, so let's get to some fun questions. Um, so what was your, what's the, one of your favorite costumes that you've made? Oh, okay. So I think the, I think my favorite was my Duchess of Wakanda. And it was the first time I had done such um, a more accurate Elizabethan gown, but I made it nerdy because I, right. I love historical costuming. I always have. And so getting to mix like an Elizabethan uh, era with, wakanda yes you know and so like everything was leopard print and like with, love it with you know i made it, it was like vibranium i put beading down and call, <laughs> you know, i did all this stuff and, nice yeah and i think it's my favorite because when i was at the new jersey renaissance festival in it um just like the little girls that just ran up and right. were so excited and then 
the the characters of the fair that I got to play with and you know be in character with yep. and they they loved it you know it's like oh tell me of this land of wakanda and i was like <laughs> what you know and it was so much fun and um but i think that was my favorite dress it was like definitely one of the most challenging um since i decided to go more accurate yeah um but definitely 10 out of 10 was probably my my favorite right <laughs> oh man what would Africa be like without colonizers. I know, right? I mean, my goodness. Gosh. I think that was the biggest thing, not to get sidetracked, but that was the biggest takeaway I got from watching Black Panther was, oh, oh yeah. my God. And I was like, what? I mean, if, Look what would have happened. If, <laughs> if we would have just left it alone. <laughs> I love, I do love it. I love the whole culture aspect of that yeah. whole thing. I remember reading that comic. Like, I, I used to read these comics when I was a kid. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. like, seeing some of this come to life on TV, I was like, <laughs> You know? Yeah, I loved it. But yeah, I had to mix it. That was like definitely OG. Had to mix those costumes. So what do you think was your most expensive costume you've had to put together? Oh, God. Most expensive. What's the one you didn't tell your husband the amount of money you spent on putting it together? <laughs> I want to say it's something I haven't even started yet. Oh, it's coming up. And it's all the fabric that yeah. I bought for it. And all the beads and yeah the gold filigree metal gold plated things yeah. i bought for it um because i'm working on a queen charlotte when she's older with the big hair and i'm not even gonna talk about the wig and how much i pay yeah. for that <laughs> um but just the silk that i yeah. bought for this gown is yes. obscene so i'm just gonna <laughs> lie i'll put it on my credit card and pay it off later right <laughs> um uh, when you're doing burlesque, mm -hmm. do you have a certain style of music or time period of music you like to use over others? Um, not really. It just kind of depends. Like I, like I said before, I kind of like mainline. I just kind of keep the nerd less because I love doing. Yeah. I still love doing cosplay, and I can still do burlesque yeah. by doing it when I was able to dance and stuff. Still, um, but oh gosh, like. Do you have like a, a burlesque show that you thought was like this was one of my more favorite? things to dance with i think it may have been when i won uh miss montreal burlesque in 2017 and i used the nerdy number to do it and nobody yeah. knew it um it was an homage to stephanie st Clair, who was like the first african-american bookie in harlem yeah um for those who want to know she's the reason that dutch schultz and lucky luciano were in a fight because she started it and yeah. let them finish each other eh. um <laughs> and then sent a note to the other one saying as you reap you shall so like eh. i was like uh. um but it was it was a historical figure and that's yeah. technically nerd less and um First of all, being in Quebec was amazing. Like, I got to use my French again. I got to, yeah. like, wander around. Um, and I was like, gosh, this is like my sister city. You know, yeah. this is like our sister city back home. Like, it's New Orleans, just in Canada. Um, but uh, performing that act on a stage full of classic. But the, the music was a modern jazz yeah. song. Um, and it was very... It kind of had that old school vibe, but it still had that modern intonation of music. It wasn't right. like the 20s jazz. It's a modern take on it. Yeah, a modern take on it. And I really do love doing that. Like, it doesn't always have to be like jazz or hip hop or, you yeah. know, like, it's just, you know, what does it fit for that particular story? That no, I really like it yeah. when they take the, the music from the time period, but 
they put that modern yeah. beat to it. Yeah, that modern along. flair. Mm-hmm. And like the instruments are different now it. than they was then. Yeah. So, you know, it's a different sound. And so, um, but yeah, definitely had to be when I wanted Miss Montreal Burlesque because I love that number so much because I was so proud of it. Now, did you get asked to perform in Montreal, Quebec, or is it something that you entered? So to? you have to apply. Yeah. Um, usually burlesque festivals, you apply and then you get accepted or, you know, and it depends on if you showcase, which is just performing and doing your thing, or if you compete for a title. And I had originally just applied to just go. Right. And because I really wanted, I, I try to justify traveling with something else as well. Like what yeah. I can't just do for one thing when I have to pay my way up there. But one of my really good friends is a burlesque performer up there. So I was like, cool, I'm just going to tell Lulu I'm coming to visit. And yeah. so, you know, I crashed with her and we got to spend time. So we rarely get to see each other because she's rarely down from Canada for work. And it was my first time up there. And uh, I got an email later saying, hey, would you like to compete instead? And because I was just throwing my hat in all the rings because right. I just wanted like, let me just open my odds of getting accepted. Yeah. And um, they said, yeah, would you like to compete? I said, sure. I'm, okay. I'm not a competitive person. Like I don't do contests. And so I just said, well, I got in. That's You're what right. else I that thought. That was your way. Look, I got in. Now yep. I'm not just wasting my time, you know, going all the way up to Quebec, you know, just to clown around with my friend. And, uh, so I, I take my performance seriously. Um, but I'm not like super critical about like competing against right. stuff. And like, I just went in there to have fun and I came out with a title and I was like, ah, what's happening? <laughs> you know? So, um, but it was, it was definitely a nerdy, technically a nerdy number that won against yeah. all these classics. Yeah. <laughs> now, is Montreal the furthest you've traveled to either burlesque or cosplay? Yeah, it is. Um, I used to want to go travel more, but after my parents had divorced, it was hard. Yeah. And um, then I had kids. Mm-hmm. And, and then prior to that, you know, the work I did for the bank, I was like hard for me to get off, you know. Yeah. But now we're going to try and, like, fix that. And do so. some more. Where other other places have you traveled outside of North Carolina? Oh, shoot. Uh, I've been I've performed in New York, D.C., Virginia, Minnesota, California, Vegas. No, not Vegas. I'm not yet. Vegas. Not yet. <laughs> I'm sure I they've got think, a venue, though. I'm probably going to do it. I'm, I'm, if I don't get in before December, it's probably not going to happen. Um, Arizona. Texas, all over Texas. Yeah, you see, you've done it. cosplay. Every, now, is this cosplay or burlesque? This or is both? all, but it's a bit, it's a mix of both. Mix yeah, of both. yeah, yeah. Um, oh, Seattle. That's probably I went all the way up to Seattle for yeah. some from burlesque yeah, stuff. Almost as far, just as far as right. Montreal from Florida. our point. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, well, where I was at the time, it wasn't that bad. Um, no, it was actually pretty bad because when I flew from New Orleans to Seattle and then New Orleans to Montreal, that was just, ah, you know. <laughs> Well, you've been, you were quite the professional. Yeah, it's doing been this. trying to. It's been a while. I think I've been doing this for like 12 years now. So, <laughs> so what's the most helpful experience for your youth that has, you think, has made you successful at cosplay and burlesque? I don't know if it's, it's an experience as much as a person. Yeah. Um, even though my mom was uh, trying to support that nerdy stuff, Yeah. my grandmother is the one that was like, hey, just don't give up, you know. Right. She's Keep like, at it. she was like, I know you don't, you know, I know you didn't get to go to college or you wanted to, but bring your machine, still do stuff, like right. keep at it. Because I was just gonna be like, man, screw this, you know. 
And so, you know, I bought myself my first bigger sewing machine, which was a Janome, and I loved my Janomes. And um, I was a diehard, you know, but, like, it's just, you know, she just kept pushing me. She's like, get a better machine, and she'll help me, you know? Yeah. And um, I think that's really it, because she just was, like, supportive, no matter how weird she thought it was, you know? Like, she was like, she's not doing anything wrong, you know? It's just weird because they're older you know what i'm saying and my grandmother didn't have stuff like this you know back right. in the day but she was like you're sewing whatever it's a yep. skill um but yeah that was really it she just kept me going of course doing what you what makes you happy is gonna make everything else better too yeah i have way more fun now <laughs> yeah uh, for sure i bet you it's a lot more fun than finance oh my god <laughs> it was so sucky <laughs> <laughs> i can only imagine all right so i've got six rapid fire questions okay, to ask as we're, as we're wrapping this up these are real easy okay so um outside of your family mm-hmm. uh what do you think is the most beautiful thing you've seen i would say it would probably be oh man no i don't like this i feel pressure yeah. the most beautiful thing i've seen outside of my family and yeah um, I would say it's probably when I first went to Seattle and watching the sunrise because I had a red eye and just yeah. seeing the mountains slash volcano. <laughs> but right. it was stunning, though. Like it was yeah. and it was like my first time that way out, like that far out by myself, you know. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, like, is this the rest of the country? Like, yep. you know, because I was like, I didn't get to go to fun places when I was young. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, kind I mean, living on a military base really wasn't that fun, but like going somewhere like free of, right of ex- sightseeing of, and stuff yeah and exploring and getting lost and you know i, I would say that was probably very very like oh for me uh what's one of your favorite smells i like japanese cherry blossom Ooh, that's a good one because i'm an old school yeah. bath and body works <laughs> <laughs> uh what's your favorite kind of sandwich Ooh, definitely a uh chicken and bacon on herb cheese bread of some sort yeah we can be friends that's for sure yes that's a good one uh what is your favorite kind of drink i would like a 22 glenlivet scotch neat thank you two finger pour i love the professional order too (laughs) (laughs) i I can appreciate and you just sip it for like an hour like it's like the best right Ugh. in college we would read uh, my buddies and i we would read gq uh-huh. And then they would always have like a featured drink. And then, yeah. Because we didn't know anything about ordering. Yeah. Then we go to the bar and we're like, uh, yeah, can we have, you know, a, <laughs> oh, just figured whatever out. it was. And we wouldn't even remember what was in it, you and know, but we surprised. would read it and then we would order it. Oh my God. That's <laughs> funny. I love that though. I do. Um, what makes you happy every single time it happens? I think it's every morning when both of my little ones. Come kick my door in. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I, I stay up late sewing and um, on weekends I sleep in late. Um, and they're just like, mommy. Yeah. And they're just like kisses every morning. Yeah. And um, even though they're getting bigger, they still attack me. Yeah. Um, but to me, I don't care because like, I think that's just every every time I'm like, dang, that sets my day. Like, that's like yeah. my tone right there. <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me of that meme that I see. It's like Saturday mornings or weekends and you see the little kid is flying through the air and there's like the dad or the parent. Oh, yeah, just done. sound asleep in bed and the kid's like three yeah. feet up about ready to slam on him. <laughs> Body slam. <laughs> WWE. <laughs> uh, 
Um, if you could give your kid self the one little nugget of advice, what would you give him? Don't give up as close right. as you are. It's like to your it. grandmother told you. Yes, even though even though Momo was saying the same thing, girl, don't don't let those intrusive thoughts win yeah. and just just keep at it. It's worth it in the end. Um, if you could, and this one is just for me, this helps keep the podcast going. Uh-huh. If you could, uh, nominate someone that you know that does something now that they still did as a kid, uh, can nominate them for the podcast. Who would you think you'd like to nominate? Oh my goodness. I really would probably nominate my new friend Tig. Yeah. Um, they are on the, um, podcast i mean on the podcast see i'm thinking i'm trying to get her on this. i need her on this podcast yeah they are on the um carolina renfair costume committee i love it and they like specialize in like historical garb period right like they're so good um and they've been in the renfair circuit for a very long time um so like that's a whole nother art form of itself right there i would definitely um recommend my friend Tig because they could just tell you everything there is to know about certain things. I love it. All right. Well, May, thanks for being on the show. This was quite awesome to get to know you well, and your story. And we're sitting in her inner sanctum here where she makes all, the stuff. all of her stuff. <laughs> and I absolutely love it. If you want to meet May in real life, you can come down to the PopCon and Renaissance Fair at our local library, Lee County Library, on August 19th. Can't wait. She'll be uh, one of the judges for the cosplay contest. Yep. All right, so remember, folks, find what makes you happy and do it. If there's one common thread to every podcast I've done, it's that people are happier when they are doing what they love. So get out there and do it. There's a lot of life out there to live. Take time to enjoy it. Everybody have a good week. (laughs) 